Hey, I'm Jesse, let's have a devotion. We've covered the very end of 1 Corinthians. So let's go back and look at the closing exhortation from verse 13 all the way to the end because we've pieced through it. Now let's look at it holistically. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Do everything in love. Brothers and sisters, you know the household of Stephanus. They are the first fruits of Achaia and have devoted themselves to serving the saints. I urge you also to submit to such people and to everyone who works and labors with them. I'm delighted to have Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaius present because these men have made up for your absence, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, recognize such people. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla send you greetings warmly in the Lord, along with the church that meets in their home. All the brothers and sisters send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This greeting is in my own hand, Paul. If anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. Our Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. So we've parsed through each of these piece by piece. And this is what I call kind of the, the fireworks display at the end. When you watch a fireworks show, you get to the grand finale. It's lots of colors and everything all, all over the place. And some of these are kind of bringing back stuff that you've seen earlier in it. And uh, we zoomed, we spent an entire devotion, for example, just on verse 14 with four words in it, do everything in love. And so I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted to speak on the, the collective picture of this. Do you see when you read verse 13 to the end, how many times the word greet comes up? How many greetings are, are involved? How, how much kindness there is, how much grace and love there is, and, and the brothers and sisters. Uh, be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. That's the starting of it. Be alert, this speaks, this, this harkens back to chapter 15, wherein you don't know the timing of the Lord's second coming. So you just be alert. Stand firm in the faith. This is also how 1 Corinthians 15 closed, where you remain steadfast and immovable, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Be courageous. Man, if you're going to hold to a testimony like resurrection, which was an anathema to Greek culture, it's going to require some courage. And likewise for us today to be able to hold fast to some of these teachings, like the difficult instructions for how the church polity works, according to 1 Corinthians 14. I mean, likewise, that, that's going to put you in the crosshairs of some of your fellow believers, really. So you stand firm and you have to be courageous. It takes courage to stand by the word of God, especially against other people who claim to believe the word of God and be strong. All of this collectively takes strength. Do everything in love. And then I want you to note all the, all the points at which he speaks with affection to this deeply messed up church. Brothers and sisters, okay? You know the household of Stephanus. Goes on to give this call out to some of the very first fruits, some of the founding members of the church. I am delighted to have Stephanus and Fortunatus. This is verse 17 and Achaia's present because these men have made up for your absence. All right, I'll count that as another, another affectionate overture. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, recognize such people. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Priscilla, uh, Priscilla and Aquila send you greetings warmly in the Lord, along with the church that meets in their home. All the brothers and sisters send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This greeting is in my own hand. It, it's, so, it's so affectionate. And I think that when we zoom out, as we're going to go into in the coming week's devotions, sticking with 1 Corinthians for just one more week, because I feel like it covers so much ground, we need to re-encapsulate it all before we start our next series in Nehemiah and then return to 2 Corinthians, that <clears throat> it's relevant to the fact that he's been really confrontational in this letter, that it's possible for brothers and sisters in Christ 
to confront one another and to be harsh with one another when they need to be, and then to wrap everything up with a kiss, with a greeting, with affection, with love, with admiration. All right, he even ends the whole thing, my love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. Those are the last words of a letter in which he has said, you fools, and do not be deceived. And I say this to your shame. He has been really harsh with the church at Corinth, and rightly so, especially when it comes to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and their utter abdication of church discipline, or chapter 6 and their complete indulgence in, in sexual practices that were way against the will of God. He's been very harsh with them, but look at how it ends. Look at how the letter ends. Look at the closing exhortations and note the affection of Paul with his brothers and sisters in Christ. This is critical. There are two church models. One of them is what Paul has exhibited for the church of Corinth, in which there is grace for people who have messed up. And I'm talking about messed up royally. Like there, there are some flagrant sins in this church, but Paul shows them grace and love. This is similar to what Peter said. In fact, Peter's instructions for the church that love covers a multitude of wrongs. Love one another deeply from the heart because love covers a multitude of wrongs. So there's this grace-based model for the church. This is what Paul encouraged. This is what Peter prescribed, both writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There's another one too, and that is that you can be perfect and just never, ever mess up. Or if you do mess up, whatever you do, don't ever confess it to anybody. Just paint the Superman S on your chest and don't tell anybody about your sin, have no accountability, and maybe don't even repent. But just look perfect, pretend to be perfect. You look all smiley and nice in your photo on the church website. If you're a staff member, your navy blue blazer and your red tie and your American flag pin and your meth lab in your basement. But you look really good. Like, that's one way to do church. This is actually, believe it or not, a really popular model for some reason. Paul has just taken this church to task over the course of 16 chapters on some egregious, abominable sins, but he ends with just grace and love and greetings. He, the very last words are literally, my love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. I propose this model for the church. If I haven't let you down yet, just give me five minutes. I'm gonna do something that makes you mad. Believe it or not, you might make me mad. But there's this thing called grace. There's this thing called the gospel. There's this act called repentance. And this is how it works. These are the only congregations that we have left in the world. Our congregations like the church at Corinth, who are filled with people who have really messed up royally. But Paul never writes them off. The only guy who's been told to be you know, excommunicated from the church is this guy who's been serially unrepentant in his semi-incestuous relationship. And even then, I believe we start over with the gospel again. You might see this guy saved, truly saved, and come to repentance one day. But he's speaking with them, speaking to them with grace and greetings and genuine love. This is a model for the church that I propose. This is the model for the church that Paul uses. This is the model for the church that Peter proposed. This is the model for the church inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I hereby condemn the fake painted on Superman S on your chest model for church. Right, wherein you've got to act like you're okay when you're not. Wherein you've got to cover your tracks if you've sinned. 
This does not work. I've served on staff at churches like these before. They're gonna force you to lead a double life and it's gonna destroy you from the inside out. And it's gonna damage other people too when the truth comes out. It does not work. The painted on Superman S model for church simply does not work. I prefer the way that Paul approaches the church at Corinth. So spoiler alert, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up at some point and then mess up again after that. Would you forgive me when I do? And you at some point, you're gonna let me down at some point, but guess what, foregone conclusion, spoiler, I'm gonna forgive you for that. I'm gonna show you grace for that. That's the only way to me that the church actually works. There's a day coming whereupon the church will be made perfect, white, washed, removed of all of our blemishes, where we will be presented to Christ, and that's the day that has no sunset. That's the day where perfection reigns forevermore. That day's not here yet, though. In the meantime, here we are. I'm deeply imperfect, but I love you, Redemption Church. I hope you love me too. Let's bear with one another in love because love covers a multitude of wrongs.